You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, which is Wednesday, July 1st. Um, everybody, if you could, please check out. Uh, we have launched uh, Pro Football Network, the Browns page over at PFN. Go ahead, please check that out. Um, you know, First piece is up there. We're going to go about a piece a day here as hopefully we start to get close to training camp. Hopefully, and then obviously we'll start coming at you a little bit harder here. Going to cover draft needs, obviously, overall Cleveland Brown stuff. But appreciate everybody from uh, with the support thus far. Um, you know, obviously looking forward to this, you know, new challenge. And obviously brought in a couple of guys, uh, Corey, Kim, and his pieces up. Go ahead, check that out. I didn't tell him to write that piece, although maybe he just decided to be a good teacher's pet and talk about Jacob Phillips, maybe over Mac Wilson, where he got the idea. I have no idea. None whatsoever here. Uh, but we're going to sit down today. We are going to talk with at Brown's Mock Draft, Mr. Stephen Thomas. Uh, first things first, uh, Steve, it's been a little bit of a while here. Obviously, you're on one coast, I'm on the other, and it seems the coasts are, you know, the tougher of the spots. Well, meanwhile, while everybody else in the middle who didn't listen is starting to understand what this virus is about. How's everything going out in California, buddy? Oh, you know, living the dream uh, on top of, uh, you know, the uh, what's going on with COVID and you know, the, the comedy world being shut down and everything else. It's, it's like officially the start of fire season out here in the desert Southwest. So, you know, we didn't have enough crap to deal with. So God decided to pile on some more. Um, nah, you know, it's hey, like everybody else. We're just trying to go day by day. And anybody that tells you they know what's going to happen two months from now or six months from now is just flat out lying to you. We have no idea. We are in uncharted waters as a society and we're just trying literally to get by each 24 hours at a time. That's it. But uh, everybody in my, uh, we, I've had two people in my family that have gotten it. Uh, they have both kicked its ass, uh, which is nice. And don't, at this point anyway, appear to be showing any lingering effects. So uh, all in all, we are, uh, you know, you can't ask for a whole lot more right now than to be safe and mostly healthy at this point. Uh, I mean, I, I think you actually hit the nail on the head. It's literally from the time your head lifts up off the pillow to let's just make sure we can get whatever done we, we can today to get the head back to the pillow and we'll wake up again and start fighting this fight again tomorrow. Uh, Steve recently started writing over at the OBR here. Uh, you know, obviously, if you guys don't know, you know, Steve, you know, comedy has been most of his living for quite a long time here now. Um, and obviously <laughs> right now, entertainment and things of that nature are far, far from the front of any type of um, the way this world is currently constructed. So you talk a little bit about getting in there and obviously, you know, the OBR, it's, it's something we all read. Obviously for you, it's been something that you've read for ages, obviously being, you know, a fan of this franchise and now actually um, heading on over there. And I like it, Steve, because you kept part of you into this. You didn't just go decide to write football. You still kept some of Stephen Thomas into this. Yeah, what were they thinking? That, that, right? I mean, that's got to be. That was my first question. What is wrong with you guys? You're you're asking me? Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> no, I mean it was it was great because you know our our mutual friend Jake is over there, uh, and and Barry uh, and him approached me uh, a while back, and and you know with the daily mock draft and everything, they wanted to expand their uh, their draft coverage. Uh, they brought Sobo on as well, so uh, you know Sobo's doing the uh the more serious side of it and then i'm doing you know what i do but i told him uh, you know that was part of the deal i said look i it, it is absolutely impossible for me to write anything that doesn't include some fart jokes it's just i can't i can't do it i get i go two paragraphs without saying something funny and my start to shake so <coughs> you know if you guys want me <coughs> it's going to be all of me and uh, barry said that is exactly what we want so 
<coughs> excuse me. Yeah, I've been there about, uh, what, six weeks now, give or take, something like that. And, uh, you know, the slowest six weeks in the history of NFL news. Uh, so it's been fun trying to invent things to talk about, as you well know. Um, but hopefully, knock on wood, despite what we said about going 24 hours at a time, we're only a few weeks weeks away from some semblance of training camp and some semblance of semi-regular news coming up so we can have things to write about but it's, it's been fantastic you know I mean like you said I mean yeah you hear but you hear guys that play in the NFL they say oh my god I grew up a fan of this franchise I never dreamed I would one day be playing for this franchise and you know for you know folks like us that aren't athletes you grew up a fan of a certain franchise and now I'm writing about that fran. I'm like getting paid to cover it. So it's, it's been pretty fantastic, especially now, uh, like you said, since uh, the comedy world is, is pretty much dead in the water, at least for the time being uh, to be able to focus on something and, uh, and have some fun with it. Well, I mean, you have fun with anything, of course. And, you know, I mean, what you, we wouldn't kill right now to be discussing, Hey, you know, this guy, he may be the 83rd guy on the roster right now, but man, he had a strong day of OTAs today. Just give me something or I can't believe somebody, you know, he dropped the snap. He fumbled the snap. This guy can't take a handoff. Just something, something football wise. And, you know, even like, you know, like you thumb through it, thumb through it. It's like, you, like now you see an Adam Schefter tweet and you're like, yeah, I mean, you know, anyway, do I even really need to read this? Is it even going to be football related? Eh, just scroll yeah. down on my and it, it's, I'd be it's killing really, to sit here talking to you about uh, about uh, you know mini camp completion rates in the quarterback competition. I would I would love to be talking about that with you right now. As much as we bitched about it for years, uh, it would be so fantastic because I mean you know let's be real honest. How many more five best games from the '90s articles can we all sit and read? I mean it's it, there, there's nothing left. We have Jake and I talked about it. We were like you know. We, People say, oh, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. No, we're through the bottom of the barrel. We're about two inches into the dirt oh, below absolutely. the barrel at this point. Just yeah, it's almost going to get to any kind of real football. Yeah, I mean, it's going to get to the point now where maybe we're going to start, you know, just, uh, you know, adding players and maybe asking for recipes or dessert ideas and, you know, the best way that'll work. And, you know, <laughs> we'll start ranking <laughs> cooking skills or things of that nature. But I mean, <laughs> It's uh yeah it's and it's it's getting tough here and that's even why for us they're like well you guys know June is usually the month where we can lay back a little bit because you know the five shows a week and then and you know between Pete and I and all this and like it's like well all right we've got one segment for one show only need fourteen more to get through the week <laughs> so let's see what we can have here and you know and that leads to crazy things like writing articles about Barstool and you know lighting his own damn hair on fire with that so good luck with that. Um, but it's, it's, Steve, it's good. And actually, even for, you know, seeing you go to do that. And when the opportunity came from me from PFN and, you know, you get to this point and obviously you got, you know, you guys know Steve has a daughter. She's a little bit older. My daughter's now are 13 and 12. We're useless to basically about the last dollar we got in our pocket. And the best part is he ain't, they ain't bothering you for the last dollar because they ain't going anywhere right now. So, and it's not like anybody's really got any money right now. So why not just do a little bit more, add a little more. And, you know, obviously, so, you know, doing this and just, you know, because of everybody who listens and for some reason likes us and interacts with us, it leads to more opportunities for us to give you more pieces of our mind. Uh, so to speak, we're going to uh, switch it over here in a second. We're going to go to maybe a couple of finishing pieces, you know, nice. Well, these wouldn't be throw pillows. This would be like, you know, finishing the house and decided you didn't like the couch and getting brand new one here. So we'll get to that here. Jeff Lloyd, Stephen Thomas.
Locked On Browns. So, Steve, now we we intended to do this, and I remember I went through a no Wi-Fi in the house for 48 hours, um, sat here on a Friday from 11 to 2 waiting for my appointment. Nobody showed. Nobody called. So the next day, I call 7.30. I uh, get somebody on the phone. Oh, we're going to test your equipment. Don't test the equipment. We know what the problem is. You already told me somebody needs to be here. So 45 minutes later on a Saturday, they can find an emergency guy to get out of here for an appointment, but nobody can come for their schedule time on Friday. <laughs> um, so after two and a half hours, this guy's outside climbing the pole. He's in the basement. My wife, she's like, he's going to be here. I was like, honey, I don't care if he sleeps here. This guy is not leaving this freaking house till we have Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, we're still in school trying to finish up. So we get to all that rectified. But Steve, um, you know, like, Jadavian Clowney, obviously, you know, now we're here now from our own Tony Pauline, you know, maybe it's the Cowboys, maybe it's the Saints. And look, everybody can want what they want. And that's fantastic. We know the way that business works. And then there's the forever unhappy Jamal Adams. And I, I you know, I, I don't know how many people think they can go play for the Cowboys, but apparently it's 276. Um, and, you know, they can spread it around any way they want. Um, but these are still two big names out there. Now, for me, and maybe it's me because I just get stingy with the draft capital and I, I and it, it, look, I can understand that you're possibly really seriously going to look at another safety in the 2020, uh, 2021 offseason uh, off somehow, some way. But a player, J- Jamal Adams, ilk, I mean, great player. But the question is, is for what he does and where he excels on the football field, when you're talking highest paid safety in the game, that really certainly causes me some pause and hesitation. Well, sure. I mean, there's in any normal year, you have to, you know, weigh. There's two ways to look at any trade or uh, free agent signing. You got to look at the on field stuff, and then you look at, you know, how does it affect the financials and the, the chemistry and the yada, yada, yada. Uh, this year, as we've touched on and everybody knows, it's even more unknown. And we don't know if there's going to be a college football season. We have no idea what the draft is going to look like. We don't know if there's going to be this capocalypse that people. You know, if it's going to drop, you know, 15, 30, 40, what, we have no idea what's going on. So, I mean, from a pure football standpoint, sure, I, who wouldn't love to have a guy like Jamal Adams on your team? I mean, good grief. The guy can do just about anything. And one thing to consider in the Brown situation, I mean, the, the biggest area of concern slash need uh, among Brown's Twitter and on the boards and everything is the linebacker core. It's, it's a lot of unknown. There's a lot of guys in there with potential, but it's a lot of unknown. But then you look at Joe Woods's defense, what he's run the past, you know, what, five years, however many years between there and Denver. Uh, it's a guy like, like a, a Jamal Adams or a, somebody in the draft that I know you and all, uh, I like is uh, Hampson Nasiruddine from, uh, from Florida State. Those hybrid type guys, can they cover enough of the, what would be the traditional linebacker capabilities and responsibilities that you then don't have to worry about getting a linebacker. If I'm not saying that proper, I know there's a better way to say that, but would he be, would his value be added? Because not only can he do a lot of safety stuff for you, but if you wanted to, especially in what we expect Woods' defense to be, can he line up and take away some of those linebacker responsibilities? So that's not such an area of concern. So that's something to weigh into it, but yeah, surely you go back to the financial situation, you've got, you know, hopefully a bunch of young guys in-house that are going to coming up in the next two years, and Jamal Adams or Jadevian Clowney or whoever, you know, name your guy, is going to be cutting into that slice of the pie. 
But then again, the third hand, bird in the hand, we're worth two in the book. We don't know about these young guys yet. Maybe half of them don't work out or they don't want to be here or whatever. So there's a lot of facets to it. Um, but at the right deal, I honestly, especially since we have an extra third, an extra fourth, and an extra fifth next year, we've got 10 picks already. Um, if you could work out some sort of equitable deal uh, that seems unlikely uh, from the Jets' standpoint because they don't have to get rid of them, uh, yeah, I'd be all for Jamal Adams on this team. Um, well, and that's the thing, though, because it's, you know, and it's the pissing and moaning to look to get rewarded. And, you know, obviously he's he, taking this to a whole level. And, you know, in, in a certain part of it, he is smart because if there is this possibility of the cap blocks where the money just is all the way gone, shit, yeah, try and get your money now. I mean, right. right now, try and get it. Like, obviously, you know, and you know, Miles Garrett, in you know, obviously doing it in a, a much different fashion of, sure, I'd love a contract extension. <laughs> Talk to my agent and see what we can do. Uh, and being quiet right. and polite about the whole process. And then there's still the Mr. Clowney out there. And look, it, it could be the Saints. Sure, it, it could be the Cowboys. I guess the question with Clowney is, is, is it long-term? Or is it, where can I go to a really nice situation? Maybe cash in next offseason. Um, or what's the best situation for me? And, I, and you know, it, it, we talk about this all the time, and it's it, it's always – it must be really nice where it's, ah, you know, well, if I'm going to get $14 million, I'd really like for it to be from a team that's going to be good, maybe really has a shot at going to the Super right. Bowl. Because the $14 million is not enough, Steve. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because you look at Clowning, and I, I, the last few days we've heard this Cowboys or Saints, Cowboys or Saints thing, like you said. And you and I are both of the – belief that the cap is more of a guideline than an actual rule if there's a way you can you can find it i mean if if there's mutual interest you can move those numbers around and make them say anything you want but those two teams would have to do some serious moving around um for that to work i mean almost to the point where they would have to move somebody out in a trade or something like that so I, I just don't see it. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can, like you said, you can want to go wherever you want. If you look at actual cap space, potential contending teams, and a place where he can pad his stats, I, I really, it's it's the Browns or the Titans. I mean, I really don't see anybody else that fits all of them. Um, now, whether he wants to be here, his girlfriend doesn't want to be here, what, you know, all that stuff, I don't I don't know how much that's true. I don't know how much it weighs on anything, but let me, let me just say this it, it, at 14 million, which is well South of where this all started, you know, 2022 people were thrown around 25 back in January before the world ended all this kind of stuff. 14 million. I I'm, I'm getting the same mindset that you and I both had about Conklin in the off season at 19, 20 million a year. No, if you had told us at the beginning, we're going to get him for 13 and a half or 14 or whatever it ended up being, I, I would have sung a much different tune. And I'm feeling the same way about Clowney. You put Clowney on that line with Claiborne and Miles and Olivier and the guys in the middle. Now we actually have some depth for a change. One that's makes life for opposing quarterbacks in the AFC North pretty damn miserable too. It helps to cover up that second line of defense concern that we've all been talking about. You know, you, you, you immediately make your linebackers a little bit better when you've got an absolute wrecking crew uh, up in front of them right there, rather than them, as Pete likes to say, playing behind lawn furniture. So, you know, I, I, 
if you force me to choose one of the two, if, if you made it a binary situation, spend all the money on Clowney or spend all the money in the draft picks on, on, on Jamal Adams, I'm going to come down on Clowney nine and a half times out of 10, pretty much right there. Well, for me, it's twofold though, because it's, it's the player himself and it's, it's really, really hard to describe miles Garrett, the player, but if you wanted to, put on some tape and say, well, here's somebody that can kind of do some things that Miles Garrett can do. And there's like maybe like three or four of them on the stinking planet. He's just that crazy of an athlete. Um, he's probably better in run defense, even though he does it probably more by gambling um, than Miles, who you know probably does more by the textbook and what his actual assignment is. Um, but, you know, Clowney's intelligent enough, athletic enough that if you can see a weakness, usually you can exploit it in that respect. Um, but you bring in Adams and look, the whole theory of, you know, you're, you're going to want to play a lot of safeties anyway. Um, it, to figure, but I mean, if you're going to play a lot of safeties, why would I spend 16, 17 million on one when I could spend 16, 17 million on four? Um, you know, right. cause I'm going to need them all. Um, and, but Clowney and just what he would bring to this and, and just, and even if it meant you were moving on from Olivier, which I mean, you could do it. You don't have to necessarily do it. Just what you were adding here. And as far as athleticism, and then you get into the fact that, you know, you can go with, you know, pass rush fronts where, you know, it's all defensive ends. Obviously Sheldon Richardson's got that background. There is just so right. much you can do with it. And if you really want to make Joe Woods's life easy, then there you go. You know, we figured you just needed one more former number overall pick, right. athletic freak <laughs> created in a lab. Here you go, Joe. We'll just make, sorry, we couldn't get the linebackers done, but maybe we don't really need him, but we'll, we'll just throw clown into the mix and fix that entire thing here. Um, guys, we wouldn't, have Steven on without talking drafts. So we're going to get to that here in a minute. Make sure you check in Steve's stuff out, out over at the OBR. Uh, now's a great time. Go ahead, subscribe. Uh, if you're not uh, writing uh, ratings and reviews over on iTunes for Locked On Browns, make sure you're checking everything out also as well with the launch of PFN Browns. Now, another year, Steve, where it is and looking at it temporarily, because that's, I guess, we're going to have to use that word for pretty much for the foreseeable future here um, for where this Browns roster is constructed. And then, you know, looking ahead to this college season and what could be the 2021 draft um, or possibly even the 2020 supplemental draft um, there, the names, the positions kind of seem to fit what the early needs are. And of course you get some of this great stuff now. See how many of Isaiah Simmons and Travis Etienne running neck and neck. And we see Isaiah Simmons go to the combine, run a 4-3-9. And now we have you know, some, some scouts say Travis Etienne only runs a 4-5-5. Oh, really? Because he just okay. ran neck and neck with the guy who ran a 4-3-9. So please tell me about how mad we may just want to start dropping the guy somewhere here in the middle of July because maybe he runs a 4-5-5. Get out with that. But Steve, some uh, early thoughts here on this one's one class. Uh, first of all, before I forget, because I've forgotten two segments in a row, congrats on the PFN Browns. Uh, uh, well done. A couple nice hires Thank as well. Sir. And Sam and Corey, good guys. They work hard. They're much smarter than I am. Well, so, I, I, part, uh, of, and, and part of when I did this is, you know, I wouldn't be where I am now, it, it, well, whatever you want to call that, without some people taking a chance on me. Here were guys, younger guys that have done some really good work. Uh, you know, I, I admired the work. I admired the hustle of the two of them. And, you know, why don't throw them a bone. Give them the opportunity that somebody obviously did for me, and it's worked out really well to this point. Also, the fact is, Steve, we're old. Sometimes having those younger guys around who know <laughs> things a little better on the keyboard is not the worst idea. And even last night, we're getting ready to launch. I was talking with the guys over at PFN. I'm like, no, no, no. I, uh, Corey gets what, whatever I've got access to. 
make sure Corey's got access to it too. So this way, if there's an issue, because even he came to me today, he's like, man, I found one typo. I'm like, don't worry about that. You can fix that yourself. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Taken care of in 30 seconds. But yeah, no, yeah, I was really and, excited to give some of the younger guys an opportunity. And they can go longer than we can too, because I watched Sam do his – Sam's on there doing, you know, uh, threads, film breakdown threads. And I, and I, I'm like watching them. I'm going, when, when do you sleep? Good <laughs> grief. I've taken three naps just while you were doing this thread alone. And we're only on Jack so, Conklin's anyway. ninth game of the 2019 season. <laughs> exactly. Dude, eat something. Come on. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I just want, I didn't want to forget. I wanted to say congratulations and best of luck in the venture. And uh, I'm sure it's going to go gangbusters and uh, all that stuff. So, um, as far as, like you said, I mean, we're, it's just now July 1st. So obviously in a normal year, we are way far into projection on any draft stuff this year. Like you said, God alone knows, you know, and he might not even know. I mean, we might, the supplemental draft is supposed to be like 10 or 12 days away. So, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with that? If anything, if the season gets canceled or truncated to a great degree are they going to have an extra draft an early one in the fall or are they going to make people wait till all the tape is a year old and do it in april i mean we you know nobody wants to hear this but we don't even know if the nfl is going to happen i mean no one has a clue but at this point all we can do is speak about it in terms as if it's going to progress in a somewhat normal fashion so at this point uh, if they don't sign any of the people we were talking about in the last segment, it, it would appear that safety and edge, you can put them in either order and it's going to depend on the board. But those are probably the two uh, biggest glaring needs at this point with interior defensive line close behind. But, you know, the, it's, it's pending. It, it's a year away. We don't know who could who could jump out. I mean, the guy they have depth on the interior defensive line. So like you and I have talked about before, if Billings and Larry you know, play great uh, this year, and they sign both those guys to long-term contracts, you can take that position off of day one in your head and start looking more at the edges and the safeties and stuff like that. So, But it, it, you said it in the last segment, and I, I totally agree. This is weird because it's the second year in a row that it appears that the strengths, at least some of the strengths of the draft, are lining up pretty nicely with what the Browns need. And that before this past year, that wasn't the case, you know, since you and I were Sam and Corey's age. So, uh, it's uh, it, it's nice to look at, and and a bunch of those guys are your your seminals. I mean, I did a mock draft just two days ago, and the first two picks were Marvin Wilson and Hampson Nazirdi. And I know you were you were like, yes, I know you were pumping your fist and running around. Um, <laughs> but you know, even and and a guy that's not getting a lot of uh, hype right now. <clears throat> speaking of Knowles, Marvin's getting all the hype, and deservedly so. The guy's a hell of a prospect, but his running mate Corey Durden has a chance to really, you know, I don't want to use the term come out of nowhere because there are people who know about him, but he's not getting talked about a lot. That kid could could really open some eyes if there's a season this fall. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on him, but if they miss on Marvin Wilson, uh, you know, maybe a little bit further down the board, day two, something like that or whatever, I he's a guy I would not mind sliding in there at all in the defensive line. Well, and this is what you get now. I mean, you know, and we've seen some of this and everybody, you know, oh, wow, how do all these Alabama you know, defensive line guys go? Well, guess what? If there's four stars, but this guy is more established in college, well, guess what? We're going to throw the kitchen sink at him. All right, we'll give these three former five-star All-Americans one-on-ones. Right. Oh, they seem to win a lot of those. Um, but, you know, you get in this position where you, you play and, you know, there's more there in the tank. Um, they've done a good job. Obviously, they, they've had their little hiccup with – you know, what's going on down there as far as, you know, 
what's right and what's wrong. And, you know, everybody essentially learning on the fly. And I'll be honest, I, I love seeing these kids at 20 years old standing up and saying, you know, look, this ain't right. Can, can we do better here? And, you know, to see that from, you know, kids that are 20, and we talk about this all the time, you know, you and I at 20 was, oh, oh man, well, I guess we got to drink that that bottle of wine that somebody brought one time three months ago because we're out of beer <laughs> and uh, there's only one hit left in the bowl. So, I mean, but these guys are up here saying, no, this, this just isn't right. And, you know, can we establish this and correct this and move forward from here and, and get this shit on the level and seeing these kids with this intelligent level, obviously, Chua Howard, another one, you know, and what went down in Oklahoma State. Um, but for me, I can only imagine for any of these kids, you know, and whether it's a Marvin Wilson, for example, or any of these kids at, you know, at this point, knowing you've sacrificed, you know, you played football since you were eight years old here. This is it. It's my final hoorah, you know, one last year, then we're getting paid. And now sitting here with all that's going on and going, man, I don't even know if, you know, I'm going to get to do this this year. And I just can't imagine what it's like for any of these kids. And obviously these guys who didn't declare and pulled their names mm. out, mm. which would have been, you know, mid January, imagine where their heads were at like March 1st, March 2nd, like, Oh, sweet Jesus. What in the Lord did I do? Um, it's just got to be so much. And I think when we do get to see whatever the semblance of the 2020 college season is going to be, it, I, I think it's going to be played at a different level. Cause it's going to be something where you see these kids, Obviously, look, a lot of these kids are paying for a, playing for a payday, but it's also the threat of having something that you love so much almost taken away from you and then maybe starting to see more of the appreciation effect of, you know, what you can do in something and how much it actually means to you. Yeah, it's uh, uncharted waters. I mean, some of these guys, like you said, I mean, they had to be Still, they got to be thinking, all I had to do, I, I, you know, I would have been a day one pick. You look at Etienne and, and, and Chuba and, I, you know, what there were six or eight of them, I think, this year that we all went, wow, I can't believe he went back. And what are they thinking? So this fall, whether there's fans in the stands, whether, you know, I, what, if, what if 15 guys, you know, test positive for, you know, let's say uh, uh, South Carolina the week after they play Georgia and Georgia's supposed to play you know, Florida the next week, uh, do do you, do you quarantine the entirety of both teams and then cancel the Georgia Florida game and then South Carolina? I mean, we don't have a clue. So even if we all get through this and next April we're in Cleveland for a draft and there's a, there's a vaccine and everything is what we were, what we'll have to consider normal. What kind of tape are we going to have? I, I mean, I, I mean, are you going to be dr basically drafting on year old tape of these guys? I don't know. It, it's so strange. Um, but, I mean, we could sit and talk about it, uh, you know, what they look like right now, because there's some edge prospects out there. Patrick Jones uh, uh, at, at Pitt, I know, is a favorite of both of ours that I, I think if there's if it was a regular season, I would say he's going to be day one. Uh, so that would be a guy where the Browns are currently projected to draft that I would be really digging into right now. Um, there's some other guys too. I mean, the whole pit defense, I mean, between him and Twyman and the two safeties, there's, there's guys all over pit. There's guys all over TCU. Uh, of course, Alabama, and Georgia will have their 50 guys in the draft every year. Just like always Ohio state will do the same thing. Um, so we can sit and look at it, but it's so hard to project right now. I mean, I think Andre Cisco from, uh, Syracuse is a guy who's going to be, who's going to suffer from a truncated season because Syracuse is not exactly known for, you know, they don't get a lot of hype. But this kid is 
flat out good. He's really good. He was going to explode onto this, the national scene, the draft this year. And now God knows if he's going to get the chance. Uh, so that would be a guy, you know, if you're looking at the safety bucket that I would put in the day one possibilities for the Browns, it's, it's really, a, it's even a weirder time than normal right now to talk about guys as day one, day two, day three, because a year of projection that may not even get projected is what we're trying to gaze through at this point. It's, it's completely bizarre, but with 10 picks, I think they'll be able to take some shots at whatever happens next year. Well, and the other thing would be is, you know, and God forbid there wasn't a season is how do these, you know, where are these kids at, you know, because it's, you know, well, if I can't do this, then what am I going to, am I, you know, going to still put in my time in the gym or, you know, they've been hounding me to put on weight for years. So, you know what, maybe now's a good time. I mean, there's just so many variables that could work in all this. And then, like you said, I mean, here we are watching, you know, we're talking about making a pick in April 20, April of 2021 going, let me fire up this Syracuse Clemson game from October of 19. Oh, he couldn't even grow facial hair then. Wow. Look at that. Oh, that's interesting. So, I mean, well, it's, and, and, you know, and we haven't, and I, I, not to interrupt, but we haven't even touched on the fact that, you know, if there's a truncation or a complete cancellation of the season, one of the top prospects getting all the hype right now is, is Gregory Rousseau uh, uh, down at the, at the U and he's a redshirt sophomore. If the season is canceled, is he eligible now or is he, or is he not? Are, are the true sophomores, are they, how is the NCAA going to handle all of this? How's the NFL going to team with the NCAA to handle eligibility questions of guys that, you know, are right now, true sophomores, they would be eligible after this coming year. It does it count or does it not? I mean, there's so much that could go absolutely haywire between now and the end. What would we normally consider the end of the season that, I, it feels so weird to sit and do mock drafts and look at these kids right now because, I mean, not only are we talking about all the football stuff, but I mean, it's I, I, there are people out there that don't want to hear this, but playing a contact sport like football and falling on top of each other and yelling in each other's faces, and it's dangerous this fall, whether you want to believe it or not. So it feels really weird and to a certain extent kind of icky on my part to be looking at these kids and trying to talk about them as draft picks next year because – what they're doing for no compensation is is scary. So I don't know. I, I, it's, it's really hard to, if you want to sit and and talk about them purely as prospects, we can do that. I've got, you know, I mean, I've looked at film, you've looked at film, we've all looked at film. We're trying to pretend things are normal, but it just feels too bizarre to do it right now. Well, and then even the other thing though, is, I mean, you talk about, you know, the PGA started up and here, these guys are 15 feet away from each other and you still find out that some of the guys ended up testing there. So it's just like, you know, I, I mean, and again, to make it work on even football, obviously football, the worst basketball, baseball. I mean, we'll see. And luckily, I mean, NBA if for the NFL, at least they're going to have the NBA and MLB at least try right. it in front of them. So they'll have that at least to kind of play off. All right. But as we start to put a close on the Steve, what night is comedy night? So uh, you're done with dinner. You tell the wife and daughter, guys, go get dressed. Daddy's going to fire up the microphone and uh, tell some jokes here. <laughs> what was that? Tuesday night, Friday night. And do they show up or do they not show up? My daughter would not come to any show that I would do. She would know. She she just thinks I'm a complete dork. Uh, she doesn't think I'm funny at all. She The other night she told me, and you'll get this, and the other dads out there will understand why I found this so entertaining. She told me, Dad, you're annoying. And I said, good, the world needs more annoyings. And she rolled her eyes so hard, I think they smacked against her spine in the back of her head. 
And and she doesn't seem to understand. See, for all you younger people out there, we're dead. these are dad jokes. We, it's not that we don't know they're bad jokes. We know they're bad jokes. That's why it entertains us. So, you know, nah, she would never do that. My wife has seen my my wife is my act, so she probably wouldn't come either. I'd be performing for if myself. If anybody hasn't listened, is, that is true. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's uh. You know, it, it, me performing alone in a room, that's like eight less people than normal for me. So, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what we would do there. <laughs> um, guys, it's always a blast, as always, with Steve here. Um, as we start here in July, we start ramping up the show here again. And, you know, hopes of, you know, everything starting on time. And, you know, look, uh, a week at a time, two weeks at a time, a month at a time. Like I keep telling you, this is where we're at. Um, make sure you're checking everything out. Uh, you know, as Steve's writing over at the OBR with the crew over there. We always speak well of those guys. Um, as we always say, we know who's working. Uh, make sure you're following at Brown's Mock Draft. Um, Steve ventures into something different here. And like I said, he does it with his style and he hasn't changed who he is. So uh, that's great to see. And it's always, I mean, you read all these pieces and you read a lot. And, you know, every now and then when you can slip in an edible joke or a fart joke or the fact that, you know, maybe it's, you know, watching around <laughs> one of the draft and I'm on beer three at pick 10. Am I not pacing myself correctly? Am I going to make it to pick 32? All that stuff. Always a good time here. Uh, the show itself at Lockdown Browns. Uh, make sure you're following. Um, uh, go ahead. Um, uh, me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, throw a follow over there. DMs are always open as well. Again, check out everything over at Browns PFN. Of course, OBR, like I said earlier here, guys. This has been your daily delivery of all things. Dog pounds. LJ on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.